everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, am I an accredited investor? The term accredited investor has received a lot of attention for the last several weeks with the proposed Ways and Means tax bill attacking the ability for retirement account holders to make accredited investor investments. Thought it'd be a really good idea and a good podcast to educate people about what is the term accredited investor mean and are you an accredited investor? So being an accredited investor essentially allows you to make and invest in essentially almost any investment you want. Whereas if you're not accredited, it means that it would be illegal if someone were to present an investment opportunity to you, such as a private business or hedge fund, private equity, venture capital investment. So one of the things that makes being an accredited investor so appealing is the fact that it opens up new opportunities for investing in areas such as venture capital and hedge funds. And the credit investor is essentially a person or entity that is allowed to invest in securities that are not registered with the Security and Exchange Commissions, also known as the SEC. It takes money to make money and credit investors have more opportunities to do so than non-accredited investors. And why is that? Well, the concept behind accredited investors, we'll get to the definition in a second, is that if you have a certain net worth or a certain income or a certain professional background, the government feels that you're more knowledgeable and you're able to handle the risks associated with these types of investments. And you may ask, well, are they that much risky? Not sure. Obviously, that's a question uh, that the government and the SEC feels that there's a threshold that needs to be satisfied in order for some people to make these investments. Personally, someone who's more libertarian, I do have an issue with the government coming in and telling someone that they don't make enough money or they're not smart enough to make certain investments. On the flip side, I understand that you want to protect people, especially with retirement accounts, to not lose their money, right? You want to protect um, grandma, grandpa. You want to protect someone who may not be knowledgeable in certain areas from being able to potentially lose their money. Now, is that the role of government? That's a question. But the way the rules are, are as follows. This is the definition of the accredited investor rules. If you make more than 200,000 if you're single or 300,000 combined with your spouse income, and yet there's an expectation of maintaining the same level of income for the year, or from a professional standpoint, is a knowledgeable employee of a business or certain investment fund or holds a valid series 7, 65, or 82 license, or you have a net worth of more than a million dollars, either individually or together with a spouse, but excluding the value of a primary residence. 
So if he satisfies the income, $200,000 or $300,000 for the year, the professional standard, whether you're a knowledgeable employee or you have a valid Series 765 or 82 license, or you have a net worth of more than a million dollars, not including the value of your primary residence, then congratulations, you are an accredited investor. And by being an accredited investor, the SEC thinks you're smart enough, rich enough, and can handle the risks involved of registering and investing in a investment involving venture capital, angel investments, real estate investment funds, private equity funds, hedge funds, specialty investment funds. You can do it. Congratulations. Now, if you're not an accredited investor because you make less than either 200 or 300,000, if you're married, file jointly, you don't have a professional credential that the SEC finds satisfactory, or you have a net worth of less than a million bucks, you're out of luck. Sorry. Now, there are certain things you can do. There are crowdfunding type investments under the new crowdfunding rules where you can invest in certain investments that are raising up to 5 million, or there's Reg A+, which allow for non-accredited investors. But honestly, you are being locked out of a number of very, you know, some would say potentially rewarding investments. That's just the way it is. Um, so the accredited investor rules are important. Understanding the definition of who an accredited investor is also very important. Now, because the accredited investors exist, most investment funds want to be able to simply be able to target accredited investors. Why? Because they have less SEC regulation and less SEC filing requirements. Now, there are still some filing requirements with the SEC and through the blue sky laws under state law, but it is minimized. So that's why a lot of private equity, hedge fund, venture capital, real estate, crypto funds will only target accredited investors because they're either doing a Reg D or a Reg A and they want to minimize their filing obligations with the SEC. So how do you verify? How does someone verify that you're accredited? Well, basically, believe it or not, there's no federal mandated criteria verification process. So it's basically, it's up to each company or each individual to verify that they're accredited. Now, some crowdfunding platforms will require tax returns. They'll actually require you to provide a copy of your tax return showing that you have the $200,000 or $300,000 or a third party to sign off on your net worth. Um, basically, most platforms will require that. And some of the ones I work with, like Capital Market, actually have the technology that will do that for you. They will actually be able to, with your consent, pull your tax returns from the IRS and confirm that you are accredited. Um, yeah, I know it sounds archaic. It sounds um, you know pretty uh, matrixy, where the government has so much involvement in your investments. But it's been like this for a while. Um, just the way it is. The government is, you know, their intentions are good. They are trying to protect you or protect some of you. Um, is it their right to do so? That's you know a question for another day, but these are the rules. So what can you do? As I mentioned, you can still do some crowdfunding investments. Um, there's a rule that allows crowdfunding for up to 5 million. There's Reg A Plus that allows certain non-accredited investors to make 
investments into those investments. But for the most part, um, you're, you're going to lose out on investments if you're not accredited. So again, it's important to understand how these rules work. If you want to make an investment and don't satisfy the income, professional or net worth standard, it sucks, I'm sorry, and you just may not be able to make the investment. The reason that these funds are so specific about requiring accredited investors is they want to limit the amount of filing responsibilities they have with the SEC, whether it's um, just the cost, whether it's the time involved. It's funny enough, they still need to, even if they're doing like a Reg A or Reg D, which is basically only targeted to accredited investors, in many cases, they still need audited financials. There's still filings with the SEC. It's just much more minimized compared to if they just targeted anyone and had to register with the SEC, there'd be um, a considerable amount more of a filing obligation. So I wanted to do a podcast on who is an accredited investor because um, there's proposed tax legislation in the Ways and Means Committee. Um, if you're listening to this in 2021, uh, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Hopefully the bills do not pass, but there's targeting IRAs from prohibiting IRAs from investing in accredited investor investment. So I thought it was important to discuss what an accredited investor is, what is the definition of an accredited investor, what are the type of investments involved in accredited investor investments, and you know what are some of the reasoning behind the accredited investor rules. Now, hopefully you're listening to this or watching this in 2022, and these provisions never made it into the bill. I'm praying, and you can still hopefully enjoy the podcast, but you're not going to have to worry about not being able to use your IRA to make these investments into accredited investor type investments because the provisions in the tax bill never became law. If they do become law, then you're not going to be able to make accredited investor investments in an IRA, even if you do satisfy the accreditor investor definition. Now, the tax bill does not apply to 401k. So if you had a solo K or if you had a 401k or defined benefit plan, you still would be able to make a credit investor investment with your 401k or defined benefit plan if you satisfy the credit investor definition. Again, if you do not satisfy the credit investor definition, it's an annual test, right? So if you don't satisfy it in 2021, you can always satisfy it in 2022 and beyond. So it gives you something to work towards. Again, it's the 200,000 or 300,000 if you're filed, married, filed jointly. It's the professional standard, whether it's a knowledgeable employee of a certain investment fund or holding a valid series 765 or 82 or having net worth above a million dollars, not including the value of your primary residence. So there you go. I um, you know, hope you found the podcast um, interesting. I'm sorry if you kind of feel frustrated, if you like, damn, I never understood these accredited investor rules. I really wanted to do this investment. And now because I don't satisfy the income net worth or professional standard, I'm going to be locked out from making the investments. I feel you. It doesn't seem fair. Not not many countries include these types of uh, requirements for investors. Yes, the intent is admirable. The intent makes sense. I agree. You want to make sure that people know what they're investing in. No one wants their friends or family or neighbors to lose their money in shady investments. But 
like everything else in this world, a lot of it falls on your shoulders, on your responsibilities. It's your money. It's your life. You're not harming anyone else if you make these investments. It's not the same as, um, you know, something about public health um, or, or legalizing drugs where it's, it's a harm potentially to the greater good of society. This is your money, right? Um, if you want to make the investment, who's to say you can't lose your own money? Now, assuming obviously there's no fraud and uh, there, there's no um, ill-conceived notions of the um, specifics of the investment. But for the most part, private placements, accredited investor type investments are safer. These are not the investments that fraud um, finds itself uh, into. These aren't these uh, investments where fraudsters are promising 10% rate of returns. Uh, those are never registered. They're not even targeting accredited or unaccredited. They're looking for money. So those would not be the investments um, where uh, the accredited investor rules would stop the fraud because those fraudsters aren't even worried about seeking accredited or unaccredited or filing anything with the SEC through Reg A or Reg D or Blue Sky. They're just going after people and asking for money and promising these returns that uh, generally are too good to be true. So, you know, my point is that, hey, you know, having these accredited investor rules aren't really protecting grandma and grandpa because the, the shysters out there that are going after grandma and grandpa, the fraudsters aren't even worried about the accredited investor rules. They're, they're simply just um, sweet talking certain people into investing um, in, in investments that turn out to be fraudulent. So I'm personally uh, against um, the, the, these rules. Again, I understand the intent. Um, it is righteous. I just, I think it's overstepping uh, the role of government, telling people what they can and cannot do with their own money. Uh, just because someone makes less than two or $300,000 or doesn't have a series seven or has a net worth less than a million dollars doesn't mean they're smarter or better investor than, than someone who has uh, satisfied those requirements. So I personally, you know, have an issue with that. Uh, what about the, you know, 28 year old kid that just graduated Harvard? That's an absolute brilliant person, but he makes less than 200 grand. He's got a net worth less than a million. He has no um, professional um, requirements, at least doesn't satisfy any professional requirements. You're saying he can't make the investment into this crypto fund or into uh, this private equity fund. Yeah, maybe he satisfied the, the knowledgeable employee definition, but again, I, I have uh, an, an issue with that. Um, so it is what it is. Again, I don't I don't control this stuff. Um, it's it's just the way it is. So um, that's it. That's the definition of an accredited investor. That's how the rules work. That's the intent. Um, and again, I hope you found this podcast uh, interesting and helpful. Um, I've always talked to friends, and, and you know, we the, the term accredited investor always came up, and um, and I got some really smart friends, way smarter than me. And they always are like, Adam, what is an accredited investor? Like, am I an accredited investor? And I, I actually just spoke to someone a few days ago who um, was asking uh, me about thoughts on this particular investment. And I was like, hey, are you accredited? Because again, I, I don't know what the guy makes. And um, he's like, I don't know. Am I? I have no idea. So I kind of gave him the requirements. And he's like, oh, okay, I, I got you. I, I see where we're where I stand. So um, it's important to know whether you satisfy it. Again, it's an annual test. So if you don't satisfy it this year, get it next year, right? And it just opens up your world of investment opportunities considerably. If you're not accredited, you basically 
um, going to be doing stocks, your own real estate deals, buying your own cryptos, gold. You're not going to be able to do any private placements or investment funds. Now, there is some crowdfunding opportunities, but those are smaller deals where they can only raise $5 million, or you can get into a Reg A Plus offering. But again, those are not as um, common as Reg A or Reg D. So um, there you go. I appreciate. I hope you guys appreciated the podcast. I know uh, I enjoyed talking about credit investor rules. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Really appreciate your support. Um, and um, talk to everyone again next Tuesday. Thank you.